The accounts shared on this podcast, including this episode, reflect the guest's thoughtful recollections and opinions of experiences perceived and occurring over many years, including childhood memories, which may be fallible and limited by perspective and trauma. Persons may have different memories regarding certain events. When we left off last time on Kava, the three Archibald boys were looking for a mother. Their mom, Joy, had been admitted to Terrell State Hospital for mental health treatment, and two women came to take her place. First, a kind housemaid named Maddie cared for them while they lived on Marsha Drive, and their father worked as a truck driver. But those days were cut short by another woman. In the last episode, Richard would go to a home and vacuum for a little girl's mother. The mother took an interest in the boy's father. Before the boys knew it, Connie went from being their friend to their stepsister, and her mother, Helen, became their stepmother. The Archibald said goodbye to Maddie, the closest person they'd had to a mother. They moved into Helen's home on Margot Street and tried to squeeze into a new family with four other children. Man, I, I, uh, I remember working out the, the arrangements for seven uh, for seven children, kind of where everyone was going to sleep. Welcome to Kaval. say I even remember moving in per se other than like furniture and all that stuff it seems like we just walked into a room and there were already beds there I don't know if dad actually did some pre getting all this planned up so that we could make this transition a little smoother so we literally got all those kids and uh, all those boys in one room uh, you know, what was it six boys in one room mm-hmm. so how did that feel you went from peaceful to what well you know did, did it did it remain peaceful in the early days? I I, I don't I don't remember any peaceful time there. Uh, I, I, from the beginning, when I would visit before we lived there, it was weird, and it was always weird. Uh, but now, the more I've dwelt on it, to to realize how methodical. Right. That that she was going about all this, mm. and uh, so uh, uh, so they got married. Uh, obviously, that meant we we moved to uh, to yeah. to back over to really was what was I considered home, which was right. over on that, that side area. of town. Right. Back when Richard used to visit Connie's house, he had always felt uneasy about her mother Helen. He couldn't quite put his finger on it back then. But once Helen married his father, more strange behaviors started to surface. And now that Mike mentioned one of the boys named Richard, uh-huh. and now Mike, I don't even think I knew my name was Richard. Right. I was brother. You were brother. That was my name. That was written in my pants. That was, uh, you know, so we could tell mine right. Mike's part. Uh, I was his brother. His Mike, and yours were brother. Brother. Okay. Uh, Anyway, I, I just... Everybody 
from mom's side of the family to my dad's side of the family, all aunts and uncles and grandparents, you were brother. Yeah, I, I literally didn't realize that wasn't my name uh, until later. Which which was not a bad thing. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I didn't care. So it's do you want it was your name changed? Well, right. That's the importance of it because right. there was a richer and I do not know how quickly this happened, but I could easily have just been brother. Mm-hmm. Right. Because that's what you'd always been. Right. And I could easily, maybe not for school, right? That would be a little weird. Uh, but it wouldn't have mattered at school because you're not going to confuse Less two Richards and two Richards. Right. But anyway, so I was Dick. Uh, lots of famous Richards go by Dick. Not a big deal. But I'm just telling you, for a five, six-year-old going into first grade, that was hard. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that was just something that she wanted to do to me. This change of name caused great anxiety for this five-year-old boy as he walked himself to school. Did you have relationships with people outside the home? I don't remember having any outside relationships okay. at that point, no. Okay. Uh, and it was, uh, I remember the, the first day of school, uh, anyway, I, I just remember tripping over the, uh, you know, we would walk down Bird and then turn left, I don't even know the name of the streets, but for like three, four houses, kind of a cool street, then you turn right, and then of course there was Iron Range, and I tripped over that concrete where their sidewalk had buckled you sure. know and, and like twice in a row because it's carrying all these school supplies and uh, Ken coming back to help me I remember that uh, but I remember being so nervous because I knew what I had to tell them my name was and I had been sat down by Helen before that okay. to be real clear about now you know your name right and I guess in one sense that was loving and that she didn't want me to she wanted me to know but to me again it was cringy it was weird I, I, so she changed your name the stepmother changed oh absolutely name. yeah she changed our, our yes and I, I was enrolled as that was my that's what I went by and so wow so she was allowed to enroll you in school give you a name without your yeah, biological no, parents' permission. Now, I don't know if the enrollment okay. sheet said Dick Todd Archibald. I, I'm uh -huh. sure it said Richard, but he goes by Dick. Right. You know, so. But, I mean, your dad uh -huh. deferred to her and allowed her to do that. Yeah. And May not have even known. I don't know. Okay. Okay. And, of course, your mom's not available to, to do that at the time. Uh, yeah. So she became your primary caregiver. And, and and she, I think, got it into us, like, kind of quickly. And then all of her kids called you that. So we just heard it, and pretty soon it just naturally flowed that that was your name. Yeah. I had no idea at that time that Richard and Dick were, like, nicknamed, like Tricky Dick Nixon. I, I had no idea that that was a nickname for that. I probably didn't either. And, and probably, at first, I didn't realize that it was a nickname for a body part either. Right. But starting school and yeah. even before school, I, I mean, I don't know how, but mm -hmm. 
that realization had come upon me and it was frightening. And so those, did the family members that make that realization to you? I don't know. Okay. I know I had it. I don't know how. Yeah. Uh, so that was a very negative thing for you. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah that was a, it's like, okay, maybe the one constant I had all my life, uh, you know, was... Right. Turn for the most part. I just kind of went through life, you know. I mean, things happened, but it wasn't at you. Just right. It wasn't. I don't know. This was just seemed more personal and more real to me. Mm -hmm. And for me, it it was pretty quick because I think I was in school for. It was a short period of time before there was parent-teacher conferences. And I remember Helen coming home to me and Dad was there and them getting sitting me down and telling me that I had to stop turning around and hitting my neighbor at school. And I, I, I literally was just like, <laughs> I didn't understand. So you want me to stop doing something that I've never done? I, I didn't understand that. I I was confused. Uh, and there were some other things that she was saying in that. And I remember this moment of reflection, self-reflection, where it was like probably the first time I ever did that as a person. Of going, okay, what do I really need? What am I really doing? You know, like what? Because this, none of this happened. Mm. And, of course, as things progressed, I realized where that was going. Uh, that manipulation, that, that making me the problem. Making me the scapegoat when it came to the family. And maybe some jealousy of my relationship with dad. I don't know, but a a a, a divide and conquer type thing that was happening there. Because of course he believed her and I, I don't really blame him. I mean she's a grown up. I'm not and she went to the parent teacher conference, right? He didn't. And so I mean I, I understand that. I get it. Uh, but so that that was quick for me. Where it was just like, you're not in trade wind anymore. You know, you're not in Kansas anymore. You're, this is weird. Okay. Uh, you know, it was just sort of a, it was just weird. It had been weird from me going over there and visiting. Right. And it just, it just seemed to get more weird and more weird. And So were you afraid all the time? No. But I think there was a point in time that I couldn't pinpoint it that I knew something else was going to happen, but I didn't know when or what it was. Because it just kept happening. Because it was shortly after that that the booger thing mm -hmm. started, which we can talk about later. But Blending families is a tough process. But when Helen brought her children into the Archibald family... She didn't want to blend the two families at all. 
she made sure to draw a line between her children and the Archibalds. There's the Archibalds and that family, and then there's y'all and the pedestal that you're on. Not not to, you know, put myself in any, feel sorry for me, that sort of a thing. That's just the way it was. Mm -hmm. And so I knew things were going south whenever she would constantly get me up in front of her brothers and sisters and the rest of the family. Anytime we went to a new house, maybe it was her aunt. Maybe it was her brother. Maybe it was her grandma. And we're going to these houses. One of the things she'd love to do is say, Mike and Richard, y'all turn. Y'all turning it back to back. Family, can y'all guess which one's the oldest? And, uh, you know, they would always, and she, can you believe this, that he's older than my Richard? And man, at that moment, I thought there was, there was something that, uh, it just, oh, where do you go with that? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I never wrong. saw that, never knew it, and hearing it now. I'm it was like, it was always a game it. that she wanted to just to show them, and, and I don't know why. Uh, you know, and eventually some people would catch on. And these were the few moments I had of fame is whenever they would say, well, he's, I mean, why would you ask that question? He's got to be the, the, the oldest one right here. And I said, well, see you there, too. Uh I did have one time, I think it was uh, either her sister or somebody, as we had been there for a couple of days, and, and Helen decided to, to break that one out. And she 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 did that routine, and, and Connie said, well, obviously it's Mike. I mean, just the way he behaves shows that he's a little older. I, just, I mean, I don't think the high five was invented yet, but I was like, what this? there you go, buddy. Yeah. Uh, but that was really the, the first part of the... I got to separate these kids from my kids. Mm. Helen's one exception was Ken Archibald, the oldest of the three boys, who was named after his father, Kenneth. Ken offers a fascinating perspective on the story because, for whatever reason, he was allowed behind enemy lines. Well, and then the other standing joke, if you will, was uh, uh, who's who's. Oh. And every time that that came up uh -huh. based upon our coloring. I mean, no one ever put me with the Archibalds. They always thought I belonged to Helen, always. Wow. And so, uh, and because my hair was dark, her hair was dark, I don't know why. You know, they would always, they got most of them right, but they would always have me with, with, with Helen and usually James with my dad. Oh, wow. And, um, uh, and I just remember thinking, you know, just that's just doesn't that's just wrong. Just as it was previously, things were much easier when Dad was around. Unfortunately, that grew less common as time went on. It of course made a difference even later whether Dad was there or not. Mm. Uh, I mean, it made a huge difference in my life. If Dad was there, we were royalty. We were. It felt like it. It did. I mean, we were just treated a little less bad, but it was, like, different. Oh, it was like you, a layer of protection went into place. She went out of her way to show somewhat some genuine affection, like a, a hug here or whatever. I'm like, this is, this is peculiar. You never even touched me, ever. And now you're, you're, you're putting your arm around me. I, I remember her using love you. Uh, I'm like, what? That doesn't make a lot of sense. Mm hmm um, that's if your dad was around, she was getting yes. on a show. It was, it was amazing. We, we would just count the, the minutes 
when 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 we would hear a phone call happen and it would be dad calling that he was in and that he was going to come home for a while and and I could hear her saying, oh, are you turning the gate or are you going to, and, and he would say, no, I'm not turning. And I didn't hear him say that, but I knew that, that he was saying no. And she said, okay, well, then you can spend some time at the house or whatever. And uh, when he got home, oh, man, it was, we were protected. Mm. And it wasn't necessarily because he was protecting us. It's just the type of, I guess, behavior that Helen showed toward us mm-hmm. um, wasn't the same as when dad was around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it was manipulating him. Right. Yeah. So did you ever have an opportunity to say this is you know, things are odd to your dad? Early on, I'm sure there were opportunities. Mm-hmm. But it hadn't really I, gotten bad yet, I, Rich. In, in my world, it seemed like it had. Mm-hmm. And admittedly, it hadn't, because it was going to get a lot worse. But I think that I believed he knew all this stuff. I, you know, grown-ups were all knowing. I mean, right? I, what was I going to tell him that he didn't know? Uh, I, I don't think I really realized that that, that he didn't know this stuff, mm-hmm. what was going on. Or what, you know, so I just assumed that he, that either there was nothing wrong with it, or if there was, he knew it. I, I, mm-hmm. So I, I didn't even think about that. Okay. It just never came to my mind. I need to tell Dad. Mm-hmm. Not then, anyway. Mm-hmm. So was he aware whenever she would um, compare sizes? Oh, he was dad? there. He I was mean, there. he was absolutely there. He was with okay. us in the room. And okay. uh, I don't think I ever thought, oh, Dad, you need... And here's the thing. Dad was gone so much. Mm-hmm. And we were just trying to live in some sort of a, a sloppy place with Mom, who was obviously hooked on something. I never saw Dad as really my protector. Okay. I mean, why would I go to him and say, well, Helen's doing this? And I mean, he to me, I would have been wasting my time. Okay. I, I never knew that he would actually hold me and say he loved me and that he cared for me. And he never once asked me, how are you adjusting to this arrangement? Are you okay? Is everything? None of that ever happened. That, that was never a part of the equation. For you, neither? Oh, no. Same same thing for me. I mean, there was no... I mean, maybe twice early on that I remember Dad holding me. Once, I, he'd had a few Budweiser's, uh, which he was not a drinker, by the way, for the most part, but occasionally. I think maybe he was feeling kind of good or something downstairs in the family room, and so he was wanting to come up by him. The stress of feeling unseen and unprotected was like a downward spiral. Helen saw that the Archibald children were alone and vulnerable, and she constantly found new ways to increase their shame. It would be like Helen was an angel when Dad was there, and then she was the worst of evil when he would leave. You know, it was the first fall, really, that I went to school. Yeah. So I don't, it was different. Right. You know, I wasn't waiting on Marsha in Ball Springs for Mike to come home anymore. Right. It wasn't that piece, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, I, I went to bed until I was probably 12. Uh, and that was very shameful. Mm-hmm. And Helen, 
and to some extent, I, I guess I get it because she didn't like having to deal with it. Um, who would? So I would have to deal with that myself. Mm-hmm. So it was getting used to. Do you remember how mom and even dad, like we, we, me, I always wore a big old towel in front. <laughs> do you remember that? I did. I did. Um, it it was, was it was no like pull-ups. Just stuffed it in your underwear. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Um, I, di- I didn't get that anymore. Mm. And so that was different. It was embarrassing. They weren't really my people. Right. So, you know, it was like spending the night with someone and wet in the bed. Yeah. It's every day. You were probably six or seven that Helen thought it would be quite embarrassing to you. I don't know if it was an actual tool that she had in her holster that she was ready to pull that at some point in time. But I remember she went and bought the biggest size pampers that she could. Mm. And Do you remember? No. And she just said, Richard, I want you to come. I want you to lay down. I'm going to put one of these on you. Um, she never went through with it. Not that I recall. And not that I had the courage to even take a peek around that corner to see if that was actually going to happen. Yeah, no, I don't even remember that. But it was broadcasted very loudly so that everyone would know that this was something that was probably going to take place and just as a sure method to ridicule you, even early on. And um, I wish I hadn't heard that. Mm. Yeah. And that makes you... I'm glad you don't remember it. Yeah, me too. But I think I still have the feelings from it. Right. You know, it's the feeling. I remember each incident, but I just know it was not good. Right. For me. In time, Helen also used her power over the boys to her advantage. I don't know when... But, But there were things like constant chores Mm -hmm. that at some point began for Mike and me. Mm -hmm. And it was so clearly Mike and me, no one else. Uh, You know, I continued to vacuum or whatever that I had done before, but then that started turning into dishes, uh, getting the table ready for people to eat, um, and I mean like getting up early for right. breakfast too, right. to get that ready. Not, not cook, breakfast, but to just get everything ready and then do dishes before I left to go to school. So you had to get up, wash, change your sheets, yep. get everyone's breakfast, dishes I, ready. I didn't get the breakfast, yeah. Dishes, dishes ready, ready and wash their dishes. Before you went to school. Yes. And then you went to school. Yeah, and I would go to school. And, and did you have, were there behaviors of other students, like bullying behaviors, that you experienced? You know, I don't, a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, even in first grade, people knew that Dick was kind of funky. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I got some bullying for that. There was a time when Helen started, like, finding clothes for me that didn't fit, mm-hmm. uh, that were embarrassing, uh, shoes that intentionally didn't fit, and 
they would rub terrible blisters on my feet. Uh, and I would get made fun of for that. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what grade that was, if it was immediate or not. Right. I, don't, I don't remember. Uh, but then there came a time, and it might have been quick. It might have not happened until the spring. But Mike and me became our lawn maintenance people as well. Uh, right. I mean, yeah. is that like all we did, it seemed like? Well, for- we should have, and I should have been more... Uh, observant uh, as you had already kind of undergone the the maid treatment by coming over and just I, I think Helen had a certain and I don't I mean first of all it never hurts anybody to get their hands dirty right a, a strong work, right. work ethic right great. so doing chores is is something that um, was good for us mm-hmm. but um, you know to Richard's point I remember getting up in the mornings too and I can remember not being allowed to even get dressed. We we would take the gar. I I remember taking the garbage out as the sun was coming up, and the backyard was a long stretch. We called it the dog run, so it was a good walk away from the house out to where there was an alley where cars right. could be crossing. And I'm out there taking out in my underwear, and like this this is I'm just kind of just looking, hoping that Mr. Kirkland, who had there was no big tall you know eight foot picket fence he had a chain link and he was always out there doing his 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 gardening and i'm like man i hope he doesn't see me and if he does he's let me high five you dude good work man <laughs> but um it was things like that to where uh, she had for whatever reason thought man there's there's seven kids here kenneth's out driving did he really intend for me to take care of all this stuff and instead of like giving equal portions to everybody it really became the Richard and Mike show. Yeah. And to Richard's point, washing dishes, uh, he would wash and I would dry or I would wash and he would dry. He was so little, they had a stool that he could stand up on so he could actually get to it. Um, so how did she enforce that? Like, did she, were you afraid of her? Oh, yeah. Did yeah, I mean, she, she told us to do it. What were we going to do? <laughs> Not do it? That didn't ever even cross my mind. Wow. So you just complied with her wishes. Wow. I wonder yeah. what have, would have happened if you hadn't. Well, well, I don't I don't think she let us get to that point. I think she saw that possibility coming. And so she was smart enough, devious enough, I don't know, manipulative enough to start scaring us. Okay. Because and- I remember like Okay, so we would come home from school, and she had clippers. I don't know if you guys remember the old style mm-hmm. clippers. It was before weed eaters, I think. Maybe they did have weed eaters, and we just didn't get to have them, but I don't think they had them. And you would squeeze, and it would clip like scissors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And all our chain link fence all around, plus an extra one for the dog run, um, the garage. So we would clip, and I mean... I'm sure it wasn't this long, but it seemed to me like I probably spent two years of my life clipping to where he and I both had blisters all in our hands. Uh, And again, Mm -hmm. right, good work ethic, that's good. Nothing wrong with doing chores, even at six or seven, fine. But it it was so separatist. It was so, you guys don't really need to be in the house. You know, you're... It was almost like 
like they didn't want us in the house unless it was to be doing a chore or something. Mm. Uh, and straight up, at some point, I don't know when, but that was fine with me. You I'd much rather be out clipping right. with Mike than, than in there right. uh, with anybody else because it was pretty quick that Richard and Larry decided that I could be a target practice or whatever. So, you know, they would be learning their, I don't know, you know, like the Kung Fu movies were kind of big back then. Yeah, yeah, it was. And so they decided I was the one they would do Kung Fu on. And it, it got pretty brutal at times. And again, why I didn't fight back, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But back to why I think mm-hmm. is because it got to where if we weren't clipping fast enough or if we weren't doing things in a way that she observed and saw it was right, she would intervene in a pretty violent way with switch, uh, like the kind that has the thorns on it, you know. Like from a rose bush? I guess. And, but it was just because we weren't doing it fast enough or we weren't, you know, I never... I always remember that happening and always wondering to myself, what, how can I please her? What, mm-hmm. what, what did I do wrong? Because if I know, I, will, I won't do it. Right. But I didn't, I mean, it wasn't about pleasing her. It was about right. not getting right. that. Uh, but I, I just, I didn't know what to do different. Right. Because there was nothing I could do different. It was going to happen either way. Right. I don't know when that swapped and how that, how that changed to where, to your point, that very quick honeymoon that we had. Um, but I, too, you just, you just brought out a memory. When we would come walking home, we would turn that corner to go to the house, and she would already have all the, the yard work supplies out. Okay. So, so we knew what we had in store for us. The first couple of times that happened, it was more like, I guess it's the time of the season. We need to get certain things done. Um, I didn't, neither one of us, I don't think right away started thinking, well, what are the, why is Richard riding his bicycle? And why is Connie right. getting to play Barbies? Why isn't this an overall effort here? Um, I, I didn't, you know, Taylor would always make up excuses. Well, Richard's got poison oak issues, and if he gets near it, he's going to get this. And always had some sort of reason why they can't mm-hmm. do it. It was just pretty much me and Richard that would do it. And, man, so often we would be clipping and just, instead of using an edger, we would just take those clippers and clip them at the height of the concrete right. all the way down, and we would just keep looking. It would just keep going, and it would just keep going. It would keep going. And we would think, okay, man, we you know, I don't think the high five was invented yet, but if we could have, we would have done it then. Because, man, we've done a great job. Richard would be at one, and I'd be at the other, and we would just start working ourselves until we would come together. Mm-hmm. And I'd kind of see Richard's following a little behind, or I'm following a little behind. But at the end of the day, we'd kind of get right there, and, and it we'd just keep going until we would meet. And then Helen would come out, and we're thinking, she's going to say, well, that's great, guys. You know, y'all come on in. Y'all have had a tough day. Come on in. Let's get y'all cleaned up. And it was like, okay, right there's the chain link fence. I need y'all to, and, and so it would never end. It would keep going, and the only time, and I remember this, I would think the sun has gone down. Wow. It is, it is getting dark now. I'm getting bit. 
I'm kind of afraid what kind of a wolf spider or whatever is underneath because I can't even see it anymore. Right. Oh, especially between Kirkland's Oh, absolutely, because he had that doggone garden and all oh, that other stuff. Yeah, he did that. And I'm like, when is she going to come out? I mean, wow. did she forget us? Should we just go ahead and say, hi, Helen, hey, just by the way, we were still out there. Uh, we're going to go ahead and put up now and wash up and have whatever supper's left. I mean, everybody else, I mean, bedtime was 830. She she had an early bedtime. And I, I think most of, everybody else was already taking their baths and already gotten ready, and they were pretty much ready to get in bed, and we hadn't even been called in yet. The only time that we would get called in and have any facsimile of a normal childhood life early on was when we would see the brown pickup of Dad come pulling up. Wow. So no family members, no neighbors recognized any of the signs of what was going on. No. We're just kids working. And that's okay. I mean, yeah, like at that I said, point, it was... It was uncomfortable. But it wasn't... It hadn't gotten to the point yet where I would say, okay, I'm not dead, so I'm all right. Mm-hmm. It hadn't gotten that way yet. It, okay. But it was it was just going down that path. Uh so, yeah, was there emotional abuse going on here? Absolutely. But did we recognize it? Right. No, probably not. I mean, we, we didn't feel, we knew something wasn't right, but we didn't really know what other than this lady's weird. So did you feel so alone? If, I, if it hadn't been for Mike, I, I, yeah. I would. So you're still first, third grade. But it's springtime or whatever when the yard work I guess, begins, yeah. and that continues all summer. Is that what you did when you get out of, got out of school for the summer? Man, that is that is all I can remember. Wow, really? I mean, she would, and I don't know when she did this, but it is a good example of of the never ending nature. Uh-huh. Because, like you know, I was talking about we would clip along the fence line and along the garage line and stuff. But literally, she would use us as the edgers right. as well for the sidewalks, for the, yes, you know. And so then we had this, you would walk out of the, the family room with a sliding glass door, and it had like a diamond-shaped uh, concrete that was probably... 150 feet long, I don't, you know, I'm not good with that, yeah. but something like that. And that would lead to the back garage, which was like a two-car right. garage in the back. And it was covered by some kind of plastic or something. Yeah, like a, on that back patio, the tarp that yeah. went over it. Yeah. yeah. And, but on the side, at least as I remember it, rocks were there. Yeah, it do was, I have that right? Yeah, it was just part of the landscape. To give it was it. like rocks, yeah. little little like mm-hmm. pebbles, like white yeah. rocks, maybe bigger than pebbles. But but there came a time where she said, "You guys need to pick all those up and put them in these trash cans." And there weren't tools involved. It there weren't gloves involved. It was pick them up with your hands and put them in the trash can. And then and I. Maybe she got mad, and I didn't, I don't really know what happened, but 
suddenly she's having us dump them all back in and pick them all back up again. So that was kind of the never-ending. Once Richard and Mike were outside of the house all day every day, Helen finally turned on their older brother, Ken. Helen's sister came to live, came to stay about two weeks with us. And in the midst of that two-week period, uh, I suffered some sexual abuse. And I didn't really know it or think about it in that way until, uh, until after, uh, you know, the last decade of counseling. But um, my aunt, step-aunt is what she would be, was about 18 years old, and I was 12. And um, um, she, she and Helen basically instigated the entire thing. We created us a pallet on the floor because we slept mm. with I slept with my stepbrother because we didn't have that many rooms and James and I shared a room and um, the first night we pretty much did pretty much everything you could do except for have sex and then this is an 18 year old woman you know and uh, you know I just remember knowing it was wrong but I was 12 years old mm-hmm. and, and I was I was I was I was real cognizant. I was a grown-up 12-year-old. And so I just remember, I remember the next day that James was like, man, this is, you know, this is not right. And, you know, he's basically, and, you know, he wasn't, you know, we weren't old enough for him to be going, hey, hey, man, what'd you do? You know, he was like, something's weird about what you just did. (laughs) Well, the next night it was agged on. I mean, literally, they were promoting it. So here they were, three battered boys, desperately waiting for that brown pickup truck to bring their father home with some kind of salvation. Thank you for listening to this episode of Kaval the Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and that you will subscribe, download, and share this on your social media pages and with your family and friends. If you find yourself in a desperate place, it is our desire that you would be able to borrow hope from those who've gone before you and shared their stories. They have exemplified the meaning of Kava, learning to wait during difficult times to find an eventual positive outcome. I can't express my gratitude for my head writer, Rebecca Gray, and audio engineer, Meredith Douglas. I would not be able to do this without you. For more information, please visit kavathepodcast.com. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful day.